0: Hello and welcome to The Poetry of Science, a podcast which provides insight into new scientific research via the medium of poetry. I'm your host, Dr Sam Illingworth, and each week I'll be introducing you to some of the latest scientific findings and sharing a selection of science-themed poetry. This episode features an investigation into the relationship between deep-sea fish and earthquakes. going to begin by reading you a poem that was inspired by the piece of scientific research that I will then go on to discuss. So this poem is called Deep Sea Tremors. From buried cracks and open wounds, shrouded scales begin to seep, cutting across murky waters into buried memories and forgotten half-truths. Inky fingerprints preserve their presence alongside court proceedings and local weather reports. Over time, these sightings are recalled as prophecies, portents of the restless earth that slyly secrete themselves as cherished traditions. Curious custodians challenge accepted law, their digital excavations lay in bare the absence of fact. The fallacy of this folklore cast beneath the waves, an empty carcass on which the ribbon fish can feast. This poem was inspired by recent research published in the Bulletin of the Seismological Society of America, and this research investigated if there's a link between deep sea fish, such as the oarfish and the ribbon fish, with earthquakes in Japan, as folklore has indicated that the appearance of these deep sea fish in shallow waters is a precursor to earthquakes. Now of particular interest here is the oarfish. So the giant oarfish was first described in 1772, but it's rarely seen because it lives at really quite considerable depths. It's not well known, but it's thought to frequent depths at around 3,300 feet or 1,000 meters, so a kilometer below the surface of the sea. Now, giant oarfish are the longest known living species of bony fish, and they can reach an incredible length of 56 feet or 17 meters and can weigh up to about 270 kilograms. In Japan, they're known as the Raigu no Tsukai, translated meaning messenger from the sea god's palace, because according to Japanese mythology, the oarfish is a messenger from the dragon god of the sea. Now, dozens of these oarfish were actually discovered by Japanese fishermen around the time of a powerful 8.8 magnitude earthquake that struck Chile in March of 2010, which lended further credence to this idea that oarfish throughout Japanese mythology have been sending a message from the dragon god of the sea. So is that message that there's going to be an earthquake? And shortly before the infamous March 2011 Tohoku earthquake and subsequent tsunami, about 20 orefish also stranded themselves on beaches in the area, leading to speculation that orefish really could predict. Earthquakes. And you know, since since these sightings, and because of the Japanese folklore, it's caused some scientists to speculate that either deep sea fish living near the sea bottom are more sensitive to the movements of active faults than those near the surface of the sea. And other people have described it as being electricity. So some scientists believe that it's theoretically possible because when an earthquake occurs, there can be a buildup of pressure in the rocks, which can lead to an electrostatic charge that can then cause electrically charged ions to be released into the water. This can then lead to the formation of hydrogen peroxide which is a toxic compound and these charged ions can then either oxidize organic matter which could kill the fish or force them to leave the deep ocean and rise to the surface. Because the appearance of deep sea fish is a rare event that's steeped in Japanese folklore many local newspapers carry reports of when they appear. So this means that Incredibly, there's actually a long standing record of deep sea fish appearing in shallow Japanese coastal waters over the past 80 years. So what these researchers in the study did was they looked at the digital data set of these local Japanese newspapers that had reported sightings of deep sea fish in shallow waters and compared it to known earthquakes during the same time period and in the same area. But what the researchers found was that there was only one instance where there was a potentially correlated event. So they debunked this folklore as being fundamentally incorrect and of no use to future disaster mitigation efforts. So the appearance of deep-sea fish such as oarfish or ribbonfish isn't actually a precursor for earthquakes at all. So knowing that science, I'm just going to read the poem to you one more time. From buried cracks and open wounds... Shrouded scales begin to seep. Cutting across murky waters into buried memories and forgotten half-truths, inky fingerprints preserve their presence alongside court proceedings and local weather reports. Over time, these sightings are recalled as prophecies, portents of the restless earth that slyly secrete themselves as cherished traditions. Curious custodians challenge accepted law, their digital excavations lay in bare the absence of fact. The fallacy of this folklore cast beneath the waves an empty carcass on which the ribbon fish can feast. <laughs> In this part of the podcast, I'm going to read a poem to you from another poet, and that poem explores the areas that I've discussed in this podcast, but maybe in a slightly different way. So this poem is called Catalogue of Strange Fish by Kate Potts, and Kate Potts is a London-based poet, academic and editor. Her first full-length collection was Pure Hustle, published by Bloodaxe Books in 2011. And her second collection, Feral, was published in 2018, also with Bloodaxe Books. And it sets out to explore and trouble the boundary between animal and human. And this poem, Catalogue of Strange Fish, is taken from that collection. From the unfathomed, farthest away from the light, from the sea's iron gardenness, they come. Pin-eyed with flesh like tree bark, their jaws are gorgeously spiked. Ragged with toothpick teeth, goon teeth, prison bar teeth. O anglerfish, vampire fish, oar fish, goonch. A strange fish holds himself upright and fast to the park railings. He is white-knuckled. His eyes focus upwards as if counting or reciting, tugging at the brain's stubborn pinions. When you ask if there's somewhere he needs to get to, he only sets his jaw harder. You both know that if he acknowledges you, he'll fall. Every one of your dreams is about the president, however tangentially. Each morning, pre-waking, mucid insects seem to attach themselves to your collarbone and gnaw in at the marrow. What if we could all say whatever came to mind, whenever we wanted to? No perusal. Scullion! Arsewipe! Warp-faced pignut! Invincible as a body that's snug in the womb. What if we could all get whatever we wanted, whenever, as in the fairy tale? On the beach at Marazion, the surface spangled with mackerel scales, the sands heave with stranded bodies, underwater silver bullets drying and curling up in the winter light so close to home.